Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. This one is free, but Andrew... People need to sign up and become a patron, support the podcast. You get all sorts of extra features, including this podcast with no ads ever. You get access to the Discord, you get podcast episodes early, and you get access to our daily podcast where we talk Saints every freaking day. And you let us allow us to pay Thomas in the finest meats and cheeses in Poland so he can run the live stream on YouTube. We need your support to keep it going during the football season. So sign up, become a patron. It's awesome. Uh, Andrew, I love this topic today. You you came up with this topic a while back and we sort of save it for the doldrums of June when the Saints don't have any news and mini camps over and we just sort of wait for camp to get here. Today we are doing uh the best well the top 5 LSU players that are Saints. So it's all Go Tigers today and I got to say, I did some research last night, which is rare for me. Usually you're the one doing the research, right? I went through and found every Saints player that was either – that the Saints either drafted out of LSU or played for the Saints from LSU. The list is 38 players. And, Andrew, I was thinking, like, they – the thing is with the Saints is they drafted a ton of LSU players when they were garbage in the 70s and 80s, right, before Mora. And then they haven't drafted a ton of players since they got good with Sean Payton, right? They've only – what? how many players has Sean Payton drafted out of LSU? They drafted – Three, maybe. Al, Al Woods. Clap. Hicks doesn't count. Hicks is Regina College. Hicks, Hicks never played for LSU. That's right. He, yeah. got to, Hicks, he Hicks, got Hicks doesn't count. So, two. So – the, the the list of Saints players, like coming up with a top five list for the Saints players that went to LSU, it's harder than you think. Like the top's really good, but after like three, it becomes a struggle. And and the interesting thing with the Saints is is these players is I did not know that they had another uh, Jean, Jean Baptiste. We know we think of Stanley Jean Baptiste. They had an LSU player. Uh, Garland, Jean-Baptiste. He's a running back. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm disappointed you just brought that up because that was going to be a joke uh, that is now no longer available to me. So thanks for that. <laughs> uh, is there anyone on this list? That I was you... just going to say, I've never heard of this guy. Is he from the 70s? Yeah, he's from the 70s. I've, ne- I've never heard of him. I, I, I didn't even know he existed until just now. But on principle, his last name is Jean-Baptiste, so I was just going to argue that he's one of the five worst in all-time Saints history, just just by, like, osmosis, you know? Like, just just by – I don't even know if he's related. I think there's no P in his last name. So the Baptiste doesn't have a P in it. You know, it's just yeah. B-A, it's Baptiste. Baptiste. So I'm guessing they're unrelated. If but, Garland but has still, any family close, listening to too this close. podcast, we apologize. Uh, you know – I the thing that I also forgot Jim Taylor famous Green Bay yeah, yeah. running back the John Meekum when he was like 26 he owned the Saints he's like I'm gonna get Paul Horning and Jim Taylor and recreate the Green Bay backfield that won all the championships but they were all old and fucking broken in for the Saints first year Horning never even played uh, played at all for the Saints and, and Jim Taylor like it was definitely more like exciting that a legend was on the Saints than anything else. Yeah, he was washed. He, yeah, he was totally washed. But there was a couple guys on this list that did, that didn't make my top five that were like, that I had forgot that were like functionally okay. And like like Howard Green, he played for the Saints in 2003, 2004. He was okay as like a fat run stuff and defensive tackle. He went on to the Jets and did okay. Um Al Woods, of course, you mentioned him. The Saints draft him. He doesn't make the roster for the Saints, and they cut him. And he goes on to have a decent NFL career, which is kind of which is which is strange. Yeah, like you kind of assume when he gets cut that he's going to be he's never going to amount to anything. But he actually ended up having a career. He had a career. He got a decent contract from Tennessee. Like he ended up being a, a decent player. Um, so let's start with guys that just missed your top five. Like who, who was your, like the cuts that didn't make it that you thought about? And maybe he's five, but I, but he just missed the cut. Uh, I mean, the one guy that stands out to me, you know, Brett Bash is just, I don't know that he just missed the cut. I don't know that he belonged in the top five, but like, I just, I liked him. He was like a gritty receiver, Kind of like an Andy Tanner, you know, but maybe slightly better because he actually played in games and scored occasionally. But he was a he was a miss for me. Um, you know, Eddie Kennison is a guy yeah. that was, you know had a, had a pretty good season for the Saints and he was a good returner. Uh, so he was he was a near miss for me. Big and, touchdown catch on Christmas Eve in 1999 yeah, from Jake Delhomme. Yeah, you know. You know, Randall Gay, Delvin yeah, Bro. Randall Gay for me. He Randall was... Gay and Delvin Bro were good, you know, for the Saints. And honestly, Quan Alexander, like, he only played like six games, but he's like in the conversation. That That's how bad LSU <laughs> and Saints history is that like Delvin Bro and Quan Alexander are in the mix to be top five. Yeah, I mean, my, my hardest leave off – the the one that I considered just was uh, Randall Gay because he's got the Super Bowl yeah. smell on him. You know, so you left him off too. I left him off too. So that was he was he was one I was thinking about it. Um, but I think our our list are, are will definitely be different because uh, you have some deep LSU biases that I have, of course. But you have you take your LSU biases to a whole other level with the Saints 
than, than me. So my number five is a guy that if you like Google the Saints and you do like top five Saints players that went to LSU, he's not on any lists, but he should be. And the reason is... I understand it because people that write for Canal Street Chronicles and other Saints books, they're usually younger, and he's hard to find because what happens is a person will be like, oh, I want to do the top five LSU players, and they go to who the Saints drafted. But this guy, Ken Bordelon, he played for the Saints in the 70s. He's my number five. He wasn't drafted by the Saints, and he ended up on the Saints and ended up being a decent linebacker for the Saints. And the interesting thing about him is he went to my high school in New Orleans. He went to Brother Martin, went to LSU, became a Saint, and was actually pretty decent for them. So he was my number five. Uh, my number five is Hokie Gajon. Um, you know, he only really played two seasons for the Saints. I mean, his first season, I think he started four games, and then he got hurt Um early in his fourth season. So really years two and three uh, were the big seasons for Gajon. But he averaged, you know the thing about Hokie, he averaged 5.4 yards per carry during his career. And he had 600 yards rushing, five touchdowns, two receiving, so actually seven touchdowns uh, in, two th- in 1984, which was his best year. Hokie was kind of a tremendous fullback great runner good good receiver he was it's too bad he got hurt and that kind of ended his career he blew out his knee right and that that kind of that was it but uh he really had two seasons in particular that were phenomenal i mean he last thing on borderline i i didn't have time to clip it but he had an interception in that monday night game where the saints played the raiders and were up 35 to 7 and lost and he had a pick in the second half, returned it for a touchdown. And like the dome is just like, that's when the Saints were like, you could feel the dome through the YouTube, like shaking. And it's like, oh my God, the Saints are going to beat the Raiders and they're going to make a push and be a playoff team. And it all fell apart. But like for Ken Bordelon, like he started 82 games for this. He started, you know, he started 31 games for the Saints. But as far as Hokie, he's my number four, dude. Go to YouTube, watch Hokey Gajon clips. You can find a game against Dallas, other games. Like, he was good. And he wasn't just good at running the ball. He caught the ball, too, Andrew. And, and like, caught a bunch of passes in the Stone Age Bum Phillips offense when the Saints had no quarterback. So, like, Hokey was freaking good. You know, we think of him as, like, the the fun uh, Saints radio announcer uh until he passed away unfortunately we think of him as that guy and like a scout the, the one scout for the saints that told Ditka that, that trading everything for ricky williams was a terrible idea that's true too like like all this they went around the table to like for the scouts and everybody to say there if they if thought it was a good idea every single one of them was like you go mike and hoagie gosh i was like this is a terrible fucking idea don't be trading everything for ricky williams but like you look at his stats andrew 1984, when he averaged six yards a carry, he caught 35 passes too. Like, that's that's is he, like. Is he your number four? He's Gajon? my number four. He's my number four. Like, okay, so we we flipped. Like, I had Bordelon at four. Uh, so yeah, you, but I, I just gave it to Bordelon just because like. I, I I view Hokey as like akin to Chuck Muncie a little bit or like Ruben Mays. We're like total flash in the pan, like a couple good great years, like really exciting, blew out his knee, done. You know, like just like very short career with the Saints. Whereas like Bordelon, like he was 
he played six years with the Saints, you know, and he he I, he had just longevity and, um, you know, he he was a a starter, a really solid starter, um, and, and a good linebacker. Yeah, so some of the time, yeah. So yeah, I, I think you can make arguments why these guys should be four or five, but it sounds like we're kind of on the same page. Yeah. So my number three is Devery Henderson. Same. And. and the thing with Devery Henderson, Andrew, is he has one of my favorite um, Go Tigers. arcs as a Saints player because he, most Saints players, they get drafted and we decide whether we like them and we sort of stick that way all the way through. And maybe at the end, we don't like them as much because they're getting old and they frustrate us. He has a tremendous arc as like his first year. He didn't play at all. Like, he was inactive every single week. And I remember Buddy D, like, making jokes on his radio show. It's like, all Devery Henderson is good for is he's a rookie and he brings the donuts into the room. Like, he maybe he's a complete bust. 2005, he's played a little. And it was still feeling like, eh, that's a really high draft pick. And he's not working out. And he became, like, one of the most beloved Saints figures, I think, of the golden age of Sean Payton. He's not the best, but he really fans, like, love him, I think, in an interesting way. So I, I enjoyed his career arc with the Saints. He was a disaster when he first started. and he, he fucking start, disaster. Yeah, and he worked – he was at LSU as a running back for starters. And, uh, you know, a lot of people forget he, he was the one that caught the uh, – the, uh, Blue got bluegrass miracle. Um, Jack Hunt. And, it's the yeah. joke. It's the running joke, right? Yep. Uh, but he he's uh he's um a a running back that switched to receiver. So like obviously he was so good and he was so fast. Like he was good at LSU even despite not really being a receiver. Uh, but once he came to the NFL, like he just wasn't polished at all. He was raw. He didn't know how to run routes. And like he had the deep speed, but like he couldn't catch. Like he had yeah. terrible hands. He dropped everything. I and remember so for a while, like fans hated him. Yeah, like I remember, like in 2006, which was his break. Like 2006, Devery Henderson, 32 catches, 745 yards. He averaged 23-3 a catch. I remember. Yeah. In my WWL column, even as he's having a breakout season, my joke for him was he's always wide open, but every time Drew throws him the ball, I feel like it's a toddler trying to catch a beach ball. Like you didn't know if it was going to be an 80-yard touchdown or it was going to clang off his helmet, you know? Yeah. Um, but well, he I mean, was just he like – He averaged – I mean, in his career with the Saints, he averaged almost 18 yards a yeah. catch, which is insane. Um, he was even better in 2008. He 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 caught 32 and he averaged 24.8. He yeah. he almost 800 yards. Like Yeah, he had 800 yards in 2009 too. So yeah, I mean he he's just uh he was a playmaker, man. Uh big time playmaker. But I think the thing I appreciate the most and so like just real quick coming back to the previous thing I was saying, like I besides Mark Ingram, he's really the only guy I can think of that was hated by fans. And completely changed everyone's mind. Like from the start of his career to the, to the end, the general feeling about him as a player had completely transformed among Saints fans. And uh, that that's really rare to do because most of the time, like Andres Pete, like once we decide we hate you, 
you know, Jer- Jairus Bird, like J- uh, Jason David, like there's no turning back. Um, but he uh, he changed everyone's mind. And like you said, the, the arc of his career is really interesting in the sense that that dude worked his ass off. Like I felt like every offseason, Devery Henderson came back and he could run a new route or his hands got better or he got better as a blocker. Like he was just like every offseason he was working on his game and he would come back and he would just be a different player. And like I just remember at 22 years old as a rookie, he was like a thoroughbred thoroughbred speed guy that didn't know how to play football. And then by 2007, 2006, like he had kind of fixed his catching problems. And so he was now a deep threat that could really hurt a defense and make big, exciting plays. And then by the end of his career, when he was 30 years old, he wasn't as fast anymore. You saw he like put on a little bit of weight. He wasn't quite as much of a field stretcher, but he had reliable hands, good route runner. You know, he'd move the chains, tremendous blocker. So like as he got older, there was still a place for him in the league because he had polished off and really rounded out his game. So I, I just viewed Devery Henderson as like a tremendous hard worker that was very different. Like that was how he was able to carve out, you know, a nine year career because he was very different on the way out than he started on the way in. Yeah, and he became a guy that could play all the wide receiver positions if the Saints needed him to when people got hurt. And he's the second round pick that got uh that got the second contract, right? Like the Saints, I think they gave him like four years, eighteen million or sixteen million. So like he was a, he's sort of everything you want in a second round pick. Now, granted, maybe you you want when you draft a guy in the second round, you're like, oh, I hope he goes to the Hall of Fame and he's a Pro Bowler and he's this and, and he's Marcus Williams maybe or whatever. But like most of the time, Andrew, like when you pick in the second round, you need to get these guys like Roman Harper, Devery Henderson that are like good solid player that are like the guts of your team right and he was that man and he was just really good and really and really fun and he's he's one of he's one of my favorite uh saints just because like i said the 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 arc of his career is so fun and uh and he uh he caught a hail mary against atlanta (laughs) right which is just uh which is just amazing um so Andrew, my number two uh, is Dalton Hilliard. Uh, did you know he's the highest drafted Saint from LSU ever? They I picked didn't him know up, that. They picked they picked him number thirty one in, in nineteen eighty six. Uh, the Saints in nineteen eighty six they picked Dalton Hilliard, Reuben Mays, and Barry Word. All would gain a thousand yards in the NFL. They all, they drafted all three of them in the same draft, which is just incredible. Wait, say that again. Hilliard. They drafted Dalton Hilliard, Reuben Mays, and Barry Word. They all ran for a thousand yards in the NFL. Barry Word did it for Kansas City, but I don't that's... know that I appreciated they all three of them were in the same class. That's wild. 
You work hard and play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. For classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American Style Kobe, hard to find specialty cuts and more. Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with your family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD, KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. Ralph Marlboro here from Saints Happy Hour. You need to join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app. We are talking Saints or anything New Orleans sports related. On Spotify Green Room, you can interact with us by asking questions or just laugh at me mispronouncing names. Download the Spotify Green Room on your iPhone or Android device, then follow Saints Happy Hour so you can join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. to talk Saints or anything else NOLA sports related. So do it. Download Download the Spotify Green Room app and join us every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. We'll see you there. Dalton Hilliard was so... He he has an interesting arc too, Andrew. Is like he was even good like when his body was shot. Like, he, like if you look at his last year with the Saints, he's still catching like 40, 50 balls. Like he had an amazing career with the Saints. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I put him number two as well. So it sounds like oh our list wow, is, you is did. I exactly thought you'd put him number one. No, and you know, I uh, yeah, if I was going with my heart, you know, Dalton Hilliard's my favorite of all time. But his year in 1989, especially, uh, 18 touchdowns with which led the NFL. 13 rushing, five receiving. Um, he was a, he was just an all around running back. Really, before all around running backs existed. You know, like now you see it all the time. You got your Camaras, your Ecklers, your, um, you know, just all these running backs. Le- um, Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, I mean, McCaffrey. There's, like all of them do this now. Where that not only can they run for 1,000 yards, but they can catch 80 passes. And, you know, they run good routes and they have good hands. But, like, that didn't really exist back then. It was either, like, you're a good runner or or you're a good blocker, or if you can catch and run routes, you're a receiver. Like, that's that's how football was back in the 80s and early 90s. And so Dalton Hilliard was a little unique in the sense that the Saints could throw him the ball all the time, and he could make plays out of the backfield. And he wasn't the fastest, but he had great leg power, so he was, he was shifty, and he, he was able to keep his balance. So he had a little bit of Pierre Thomas in him. You know, those guys are similar players. Um, Dalton Hilliard was also a tremendous thrower. That's right. I was going to get to that, dude. Yeah, he had a great arm, and so I think he threw like maybe five touchdown passes in his career. He but so like threw he, they four, would run the halfback pass with him. He threw four touchdowns with the Saints. Four. Okay. Eighty six. So, four straight years. Yeah. So you know he he was known like they would call him the triple threat. 
because he could he could catch, he could run, and he could throw. And so every time he touched the ball, it was like, I mean, back then, I know since then we've gotten some electric players, Reggie Bush, Alvin Kamara, like, but back then, I would say Dalton Hilliard was really the first the Saints ever had that was electric on that level. Like they they had George Rogers. I mean, they they had some tremendous running backs, but Hilliard was the first that was kind of like electric, and he he had league-wide acclaim because he led the league in touchdowns in 89 with 18 touchdowns. So, like, he was getting some national notoriety. Thing is with Dalton Hilliard is I love him, not quite as much as you, but but I'll say this about him is I 100% believe his injury in 1990 really – was one of the when you when you list all the factors of why Jim Mora and that great team never made a playoff, never never won a playoff game, never went deep in the playoffs. I 100% believe Dalton Hilliard getting injured is a huge part of that because if you would have they would have had if you would have had 1989 Dalton Hilliard if you would have had that for 89, 90, 91, 92. Say you got like four years of you maybe not 1,200 yards and 50 catches, right? But if you would have had Dalton getting you 800 to 1,000 yards and catching 40 balls all like for a four-year run, kind of like Kamara has with the Saints, they don't want a playoff game. I 100% believe yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, he did have a nice uh, touchdown run against the Falcons from the goal line uh, in the playoffs, which, which was special. But uh, – you know, Dalton Hilliard, like, first of all, not a lot of fans know this, but the rumor out there is that Hudat started with him. The Hudat chant actually was something that was in Patterson High School, where he went to high school, and it followed him to LSU, and then it followed him to the Saints. And yeah. so, like, like Dalton Hilliard is kind of the originator of the Hudat chant, uh, so the legend goes. But, Dude. you know, the thing about Hilliard, too, man, like – it was at a time where like I was just starting to watch football and I was watching LSU and I liked them and I liked the saints and for him to get drafted and go from LSU to the saints, like it was like worlds colliding for me and it was just the most exciting thing ever. And, and then he was so damn good. You know, it was just like, that was kind of the glue that stuck me to like becoming yeah. a die, die hard football Same, fan. Because you people forget, man, like they had, LSU had the Dalton James, the Dalton James game was their running back tandem, and LSU they had Bill Arnsparger back then. They were win- LSU was winning again after a little bit of a lull with with Stovall and and the end of Charlie Mack. LSU was winning again, so it's like basically you took LSU star player and you brought him to to new the, to the Saints, which is a unique thing which hasn't happened. The one thing I will say is, my God, 1989, he had 344 carries, Andrew, and he caught 52 balls, man. That's that's 400 touches. In our, our analytics world, we know that if you go over 300 touches or rushes, whatever, like it's a death sentence. Like, and like it shows with him. Happen, like, you he, mean? What's that? You mean injury waiting to happen? Yeah. Yeah. And you can see it. Like he never, he never, after running the ball 344 times in 1989, he never ran the ball more than 115 times the rest of his career. And he only broke a hunt. He only broke. Uh, he only broke 91 time. That was in 1992 when the Saints had all sorts of running back issues uh, with injuries and just guys stinking. But he was a he was amazing for the Saints. He's he's one of the the fan favorites. And this is the interesting thing is. The Saints, like the number one guy is Eric. For me, it's Eric Martin. And it's just crazy that like the Saints have these 
this doldrums of like they don't have a great top five of LSU players, right? We mentioned it. But like three of our top five, they all are in the 1983 to 89 time. It's Hokey, Eric Martin, and Dalton Hilliard. And the Saints, they finally get to be competent as an NFL team. They finally start winning. And their best running back and their best receiver are from LSU. And their quarterback's from cutoff. Like that, like that, people now don't appreciate like how crazy and beloved that made that Saints team. Because not only were the Saints finally winning, they were winning with Louisiana kids. So it's just it's just amazing. And Eric, Eric Martin, we'll get to him. He he was he was an amazing receiver in a different time almost, I feel like. Yeah. Well, yeah, last thing on Hilliard, he's my favorite all-time Saints player. And believe it or not, uh, well, it's probably pretty believable, but I, I play softball and my number's 21, and it's a uh, tribute to, to Dalton Hilliard. So there you go. Uh, Eric Martin, man, what more can you say? Like, So when I was a kid, you know, history was bad, obviously, but like the best receiver of all time in Saints history is probably Danny Abramowitz, you know, and I, I never watched him obviously cause he was in the sixties, but he did coach for the saints. Um, and, uh, you know, it's anyone who watched the saints before my time, you know, my elders would tell me, you know, Danny Abramowitz, that's, that was it. And Eric Martin just came in and absolutely obliterated every saints receiving record that existed. Now, since then we've had Joe Horn, we've had, Marcus Colston, we've had Michael Thomas. So, like, there's been other receivers that obviously are much more electric uh, and, and have since kind of passed all the records that Eric Martin had set. Uh, but at the time, you know, it wasn't even a question. You know, it, it was like comparing LeBron to, I don't know, like, I, who, who's the best Cleveland Cavalier in, in history <laughs> after LeBron? I have no idea. Right. Brad exactly. Doherty. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. So there was like comparing LeBron to Brad Doherty. That that was like that was what Eric Martin meant to the Saints as a receiver. Um you know, he would get a thousand yards it felt like every year. Um you know, he was always kind of in that sixty to eighty catch radius. Uh which at the time, you know, guys weren't catching a hundred balls back then. If you caught seventy balls for a thousand yards, that was a monster season, you know? And Eric Martin was slow. He wasn't necessarily the biggest, but he had the best set of hands. I mean, you know, since then I would say Lance Moore, Michael Thomas, you know, obviously are tremendous yeah. receivers, but man, that guy caught everything. And here's here's the thing. With, I mean, he almost made Bobby Abier look good. <laughs> he did. And here's the thing with with Eric Martin is the NFL I'm not going to be like back in my day, football is better because the rules now for the NFL, it's better, it's safer. We don't want guys getting concussions and all that. And it makes the quarterbacks be able to play longer and that sort of thing. But Eric Martin made his living over the middle where nowadays younger fans, you watch and they can't touch you. Dude, back in Eric Martin's day when it was third and seven and you ran a slant, teams would decapitate you. And maybe you get a penalty every so often, but most of the time it wasn't a penalty. And that's where Eric Martin like made his living going over the middle against Ronnie Lott and those type players where teams could light 
up receivers. I mean, they used to have videos that the NFL, I would buy them. I forgot what they, they called it, like big hits or something. I have them on old VHS tapes. And it's just 30 minutes of safeties destroying receivers set to classical music. Yeah, but you know, like a lot of them didn't want to hit Martin because he was so big and he was so powerful that like he wasn't afraid, but also it was like the guys that hit him a lot of times, like they'd be hurting themselves, you know, yeah. when they, when they drilled him. So, but yeah, I, like he's probably, I think he's like 59 years old now. So I'm surprised that we haven't heard, like, I wouldn't be surprised the way he played football, man. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he had some issues just with, you know, CTE and all that, just because he played violently. And he stayed – the thing with him, too, is he – everyone knew when it was, like, third and four or third and five. Everyone – Hebert was going to Eric Martin. He was going to Eric Martin. It was either going to be an out or a slant, and – most of the time, and he was going to catch it. You know? He was going to catch it, and they were going to convert it, and the Saints are going to win the game. We think of Carl Smith as this terrible offensive coordinator, and maybe he was, and the Saints' offense wasn't really progressive. But they won a lot of games, and they won a lot of games because Eric Martin made a lot of big plays. The interesting, the, chains, thing Eric, yeah. the interesting thing with Eric Martin, Andrew, is starting in 87, he was really consistent. Seven, 778 yards, 1,083 yards, 1,090 yards, 912, 800, 1,041, 950. Even with his last year with the Saints when he was 32, he had 66 catches for 950 yards in 93. Like He was amazingly just Steady. consistent as yeah. a guy. And I he, mean, to, the, to this day, he's second. In team history and catches. Now, you know, Michael Thomas is going to catch him here, but he, he's second to Colston in catches. Uh, he's second to Colston in yards. And he, he's still ahead of Joe Horn in terms of yards and catches. Uh, touchdowns, he's further down the list. Uh, he's number four behind uh, Colston, Jimmy Graham, and, and Joe Horn. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, statistically, he's still up there. Like, you know, Colston has broken all of his records, but he uh, – He's he's ahead of Horn in most categories, and um, he's still ahead of Michael Thomas for now. But like you know, Eric Martin, I, I think still has a legitimate claim. Like let, let's say Michael Thomas was traded this off season, I still think Eric Martin has a claim to being the second best receiver in Saints history. No, I I'd I still agree. put Horn ahead of him just because Horn like. Maybe he didn't have the consistency, but like Horn at his peak was better than Eric Martin at his peak. So I, I would still put Horn above them, and I, I would actually put Michael Thomas above Horn um, already, even though he hasn't he doesn't yeah. have the numbers yet. Like he's done enough in single seasons, I think, to bypass those two. So I would probably say that Eric Martin is the fourth best receiver in Saints history at this point, but he's in he's in the discussion for number two. I mean, he's he was he was tremendous, and I think. It's it's strange, Andrew. I have nostalgia for those old Saints teams. Like I love, I even like Mora, and I'm more forgiving of Carl Smith than other people. And Eric Martin and Dalton here, I love them all except for A Bear. I my the further we get away from A Bear, the more I hate him and blame him for everything that happened bad in the. Playoffs. Well, here's the here. So if if you were gonna go top five guys from Louisiana, like just saying Ooh. from Louisiana. I, I would, you know, obviously Willie Roof would be number one, right? Yeah. And then you've got 
you, you mentioned Martin, you mentioned Hilliard, but does a bear kind of leapfrog like Henderson Bortle on Gajon for you? Like those guys. Mm, yeah, he probably does just because he, he played, he played long. I mean, his stat, the thing is with, with a bear stats is his stats aren't even good when you compare him to quarterbacks of the day. Like, it's just like he was yeah. the quarterback that was there when the Saints won all those games. And what did he do to help him win the game? Eh, I don't, I don't really know. He was there. Like, so it, it's tough. The interesting thing with the, the also in the 50 plus years the Saints have had a team, they've never picked an LSU guy in the first round. Willie Rofe is the highest Louisiana player they've ever picked at eight. Yeah, that's wild. That is wild. So, um, you know, we may do patrons if and and if you if you want us to do another countdown of like uh, a themed countdown, let us know the topic. Maybe we'll do it. Uh, this LSU one wasn't it wasn't that hard to 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 gather the list of uh, of players. the uh, the final thought The final thought for me, Andrew, is. Um, they had a guy on this list. I I couldn't put him on the top five, but in my LSU fandom, Greg Jackson, the safety for LSU, oh, he's yeah. all, he was all American safety at LSU. He played for the Saints for one year. As a kid, I freaking loved that dude. Like irrational. Like if somebody would get me a Greg Jackson LSU jersey, I'd wear it on the podcast all the time. Like, so, I forgot. You heard oh, it, Tom. patrons, make it happen. Send yeah. Ralph a Greg Jackson jersey. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I I had forgotten Tommy Hodson played on the Saint on the Saints too. Yeah, he was. God, he was bad. He only thing he ever did he 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 dropped the snap and completed a two point play. Yeah, I remember that. That was exciting. But uh, I just remember in preseason thinking, man, I really hope Tommy Hodson never plays because he is exceptionally bad. <laughs> he was so good at LSU, though. He was so, so he was so bad for the Patriots. My sure, God, yeah. I mean, he he was part of that one in fifteen team with the Patriots. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Like like Bill like Bill Simmons just savages him when he talks about the uh, the old Patriots being terrible. Oh like really? He, like he just savages Tommy Tommy <laughs> Tommy Hudson. I'm like, shut up, Bill Simmons. You don't know when he was at LSU. Go Tigers. He was amazing. Um, but anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. Support the show. We're the best Saints podcast on freaking earth, but we need your support to keep it going. So for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again tomorrow. Go Tigers. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.